Seamus, the case of the missing maid, part three, the portrait, is based on the book The Leavenworth Case by Anna Catherine Green. You wouldn't think that amongst the wind-stunted banyan trees and struggling palms that lined the single-lane road badly in need of new pavement that you were on your way to one of the most opulent homes on the Gulf Coast. I'm beginning to think I'd taken a wrong turn at Albuquerque, complete with the Looney Tunes theme. The thing with these stately homes is that it's either a gilded gate with statues of lions out front, or a tiny drive you can barely see with a dingy cat's-eye reflector stuck crooked in the ground. Gonzalez was self-made. Could go either way. There's a moment on these drives along the shore when you round a corner and all of a sudden the Gulf of Mexico explodes into view in a surprise of windswept beauty. Abby loved that view. She would comment on it every time she saw it. I see a slight slash of blue as I make the yellow arrowed corner, and there's the gulf roaring towards me, the slightly ruffled sea pleated by the afternoon breeze. It's clear that I won't have to look too hard for the manch. Rising along the edge of a grassy dune is an impressive wrought iron fence that mounts the peak of the dune and then descends to a massive gate between two granite pillars. Perched on top of each was a roaring lion. I'd have thought a T-Mogul would have chosen tigers. I roll up to the squawk box, press the finger-worn button. Hunter James for Chef Knight. Chef Donna Knight. One moment, Mr. James. Why does it take so long to look at a list? Oh, yeah, I'm not on the list. Um, sir, are you expected? Yes, I'm expected, though possibly not at an exact time. It's about the missing maid. Please drive up to the gazebo just before the grand entry. You can park there. I'll be out there to receive you. The gates swing open and I roll up the dark, black, newly sealed drive, past tennis courts, a manicured croquet area, and a number of garden spaces, all behind a low white brick wall with a black mortared cap. I park as instructed and get out of the car, and immediately hovering over me is a tall, thin young man dressed in kitchen whites. Funny outfit for a gate guard. Hello, Mr. James. I'm Sylvester. Nice to meet you, Sylvester. That's an unusual set of togs for a gate guard. Oh, I suppose it is, but I'm not the gate guard. Well, I'm not normally the gate guard. I'm the cold side prep cook. The gate guard and a number of our security men are at the security firm as part of their internal investigation. The security firm sent some temporary security guys, but they didn't have enough to babysit the front gate. Mr. Dawson just told me to man the intercom. Mr. Dawson said I should fetch him straight away if anyone showed up. I see. Can you take me to the chef? I could. I mean, I would, but I already called Mr. Dawson. I guess you're not the police, are you? No, not the police. But I am interested in that maid that scarpered. Scarpered, sir? Flew the coop, hit the road, made herself scarce. Oh, you mean Hannah. Yeah, I liked her. Some folks thought she was a bit witchy, but I liked her. I liked her loads. Sylvester leads me through a riot of color and scent. The gardens were beautiful. Gonzalez's groundkeeper knew what he was doing. I tagged along behind the cook and enjoyed the walk. He was like a small dog, winding along, but frequently checking to see if his master followed. We climbed the gloss-shined granite steps, and he opens one of the ornate double doors wide. 
Before me is a spherical man, short and prim, in a modern suit that didn't help him out at all. Low-cut, beltless, tight slacks straining at his girth, and a short jacket in a shiny dark gray fabric that, while not to the point of popping buttons, was definitely reaching its limit. His hair, loaded with product, was combed back from his forehead. He wore glasses that he probably thought were edgy, frameless, thick, cut into thin rectangles. Just emphasized his moon face. Mr. James, I take it. Obviously, you're not the police. A private detective. I'm here at the request of your chef to inquire about a maid that disappeared. Ah. Chef Knight. My name is Dawson. Eve Dawson. I am, or I have been, the personal assistant to the late Mr. Gonzalez. While Dawson went on to recount the breadth of his duties, I take the chance to take a survey of my surroundings. It says anyone would expect. A massive receiving hall with black and white marble tiles, elaborately molded columns holding up a wide mezzanine, reached by a sweeping staircase that you could imagine Scarlett O'Hara floating down in a dramatic glide. But by far the most arresting feature is a massive portrait of a stunning woman hung under the aft mezzanine and above a sprawling marble-clad hearth. Her blonde hair glowed like it was lit by an invisible halo. She was formally dressed in a simple gown with a full skirt. Throwing in a bit of whimsy, she held in her hand a riding crop, and from under her full skirt you could just see that she wore riding boots, touched with a bit of mud. I like the artist's whimsy as well as the subject of this painting. I wasn't listening. I was looking at the painting dominating the hall. The subject was more than beautiful. Her beckoning gaze cast over her shoulder felt like she was looking at you, inviting you to join her. Standing on a hill with a rough path stretching in front of her, anything seemed possible. In the distance was the sea, to the right of her, mountains. A short distance away were a pair of saddled horses. I wanted to join her. I was only minimally aware that Dawson was telling me that he didn't want me on the premises, and he thought the maid did it. He was saying something about being overwhelmed. Even now, I sometimes am apprehended by this great hall's grandeur. So, uh, I gather you think the maid is involved in the murder? I very much wish you'd eschew the word murder from your interactions with the household about this matter. Especially if you encounter one of the ladies. Most particularly, Miss Unity. Ladies? Um, yes. Mr. Gonzalez's adoptive daughters, formerly his nieces. Miss Unity and Miss Rachel. There will be no need for you to question them. They've already spoken to the police. As I said to the prep cook, I'm here to see the chef. I'm not here to solve the murder. I may need to talk with the ladies in regard to that investigation. Certainly not. I'd hope you'd manage to locate our Hannah without further intruding in the grief of the ladies. In fact, I emphatically insist that you do not. I haven't had anyone emphatically insist at me in a while. Like the bard, I think he's insisting more than he should be. So, steer clear of some gals. Got it. You know, it'd help if I knew what they looked like, so I can be sure not to do any grief intruding. Indeed. Very well. Rachel is the younger. You'll know her by her hair and stature. Her hair is a brindle brown, and she seems content to pull it back into a ponytail. She is broad-shouldered and clumsy. Her complexion suggests too much time in the sun. She was a bit of a tomboy, and while she has of late taken to ladies' interests, she still has the bearing of one that came late to the finer points of femininity. Unity 
is the taller one with luminous blonde hair. It is shoulder length and straight, save for the flip curl at the end. She moves with refined grace and the posture of a ballet dancer. Her face is a perfect oval with cheeks the color of blushed primroses, skin luminescent as opals, and bright eyes the color of a summer sky. Her manner is the one that will draw you in. Okie dokie then. He doesn't like Rachel and he's kind of creepy toward Unity. I think his eyes teared up. My eyes drifted up to the painting. Is Unity the subject of the portrait? <laughs> I can see how you would think that. No. It's Mr. Gonzalez's late wife, Lola. Lola was a horsewoman. Unity has no love for horses and is more graceful as a result. Lola died in childbirth along with the child. I'm told it was all very sad. A few months after Mr. Gonzalez's loss, both girls lost their parents in the same tragic accident. Mr. Gonzalez formally adopted his nieces at that point. It has become a blessing because it brought unity into our home. Our home. <laughs> this guy's a piece of work. And Rachel? What? Um, oh, of, of course. Both girls have been a blessing for Mr. Gonzalez and a welcome addition to this fine home. So, before the... <clears throat> before the incident, what was a typical day for the staff? Dawson suddenly straightens up, pulls down the hem of his jacket, and adjusts his tie. I had a bad feeling about this. The household moves in clockwork efficiency, with only slight variation. Mr. Gonzalez took his coffee in his suite just above the heart, straight at the top of the stairs. After he dressed, he would alight in his chair at the head of the dining table and await the descent of the ladies. Unity was always first from their adjoining rooms off the seaside mezzanine. The servers would then serve the breakfast of the day. Dawson was indicating the rooms as he talked. This guy could fill up the answer to a simple question pretty quick. And where's your room? I have the honor of having rooms in the family wing. I happen to be directly across from Miss Unity's room. The male staff have rooms off the kitchen. The female staff have rooms off the pool areas. I would take my meals in my room, except on an occasion where business was to be discussed at lunch whilst the girls pursued whatever attracted their fancy. Dinner was a bit of a catch-as-catch-can but with the various events that one of the other girls might be keen on, or Mr. Gonzalez was obliged to attend. Many nights I was blessed to sup with Unity, as she hated to eat alone and begged for some company. At times I was invited to join her, for the evening repast in her rooms. This guy is getting on my nerves. What in blazes does a private eye care about who eats when and where? I guess any detail might turn the locks, but this guy is less about facts and more about his status. All that spit and polish. Not to mention the hair product. Reminds me of a car I once bought. Oh, it was shiny, but it was just buff Bondo and an engine that sucked down oil. So basically, everybody always had breakfast together, sometimes lunch and rarely dinner. You took meals in your rooms unless Mr. Gonzalez wanted you for business, or you joined Unity to keep her company for the evening meal. If you must distill it, yes. I wouldn't mind hearing about the maid's duties. Well, Hannah was a favorite of Mr. Gonzalez for some reason. He had arranged to have her attend a hospitality-type school to learn the skills she would need as a professional housekeeper. I guess he was looking forward to the time when Miss Rachel would be leading us. However... 
I was more privy to her actual work habits. She was lax in her use of the floor buffer and smoking in areas not designated. She was prone to opinions and could be quite a witch if interrupted or when asked to contribute beyond her stated remit. She, on many occasions, spoke quite sharply to Mr. Gonzalez and his patience with such I can't account for. She often speculated that the house would be better off without certain persons and thought that Rachel would be a better mistress than Unity because she knows the value of service. Of course, the value of service is easily calculated by the wages that are paid. I am done with this guy. First, what kind of a name is Eve in front of Dawson? I imagine he'd be an Andy or a Richard. Where does his French name come from? I bet he adopted it to seem more continental. I wonder if it comes with an anachronistic French idea of thank heaven for little girls. It seems pretty clear that he thinks at least one of the girls in this house grew up in a most delightful way. So, where will I find the chef? I'd also like to see the maid's quarters. Discreetly, of course. Of course. The chef will be in her kitchen, as expected. She will escort you around. She has access to nearly the whole manor except for the private chambers. Be warned, though. As often attends the creative mind, she's prone to flights of fancy. Flights of fancy? You believe she's engaging in flights of fancy by contacting me? I believe investigating is what you do. I will leave that subject for you to discover. After all, it is your time to waste. I had not taken the case yet. I was here to talk with the chef and decide whether to start working on it. The attitude of the wannabe tubby fashion plate standing in front of me made me want to prove him wrong. Yes, I suppose it is. Hannah's disappearance occurred on the very night Mr. Gonzalez was murdered. By all accounts, she fled at the same time that the murder occurred. There was a death, and she fled. Was she the one that pulled the trigger on the gun? It seems quite obvious to me, and it should to you. Oh, I'm sure she will make it out to be some sort of accident with some claim of gross impropriety against Mr. Gonzalez. I assure you that Mr. Gonzalez was the absolute model of integrity and kindness. While he could be quite resolute in his edicts, his resolve came from his great desire to do good in this world and for his charges. Now, I'm sure you are a busy man, as I most certainly am, Mr. Hunter. Sylvester will see you to the chef. Sylvester! Sylvester scuttles in, his long legs seeming to move independently of the rest of him. Yes, Mr. Dawson? Take him down the pantry stairs and pour him some tea. Now, I have things to attend to, if you'll excuse me. With that, he does a sharp heel turn and quickly waddles through a tall, thin door near the hearth. I don't know how he can walk in those pants. Right this way, Mr. James. Well, Sylvester, it's just you and me. You got anything I can put in that tea? Thank you for listening to this episode of Seamus. If you liked it, please take a few moments to leave a review. Seamus, The Case of the Missing Maid, Part 3, The Portrait, is based on the book The Leavenworth Case by Anna Catherine Green. Hunter James was played by Sheldon Bird. Sylvester was played by Matthew Graff. Eve Dawson was played by Chris Hall. I'm Leslie Woodroff. This episode of Seamus was written by Doug Bergfeld and directed by Gene Phillips. 
Sound design for Seamus is provided by OpenMicRecordingStudio.com. Seamus is a New Meadows Media production. All rights reserved.